This is the Write Tech Podcast, where we teach you how to harness the power of writing to achieve audacious goals, solve any problem, and dramatically re-engineer your life. My name is Jonathan Temporal. Decreeing. The power of writing with deliberate intent. I still remember the feeling to this day. It was mid-2005. I was 31 years old, an associate lawyer in a well-known and reputable law firm in Manila. I was standing inside the carriage of the light rail train that traveled over the city's major highway. I was doing the regular commute to my office, which was really just a 20-minute drive from where I lived. I was crammed, body to body with a carriage full of strangers. Talk about breathing on other people's necks. I felt stuck. I stared at the traffic below. If you've been to any major Southeast Asian capital city, and driven or commuted during peak hours, then the term rush hour traffic would very likely have already taken on a completely new, visceral meaning for you. Venturing in Manila rush hour traffic is an adventure into the unknown. Imagine perhaps 50,000 cars crammed within a four-lane, 24-kilometer stretch of highway, all traveling southward and needing to arrive at essentially the same destinations by 9 a.m. You get the picture. When I was a child growing up in Manila, my family and I would ride in our car on weekends and travel outside the city. We would breeze through this same stretch of highway that I was on that morning. It was normal for us to reach our destination within half an hour. But this was many years later. Two to three hour trolls through morning traffic had become my new normal. I stared at the cars and felt sorry for the drivers. They're stuck too, I thought, just as stuck as everyone around me in the train carriage was just as stuck as I was. In truth, I'd been feeling stuck in almost every conceivable sense for a long time prior to that early morning commute to work. I had already started my professional life as a lawyer. I was on track to reaching all the major milestones I had targeted when I graduated from college. At 21, I was starting at one of the best law schools in the land. At 25, I was editor-in-chief of the Law Review and set to graduate armed with a job offer from the richest, most prestigious law firm in the country. Six years later, I was a promising young associate attorney on the fast track to make partner one day. I had not yet reached the summit of the mountain where every lawyer one day aspired to sit, but I was well on the way. As I stood inside that packed commuter train that morning, however, looking down at the cars crammed like matchboxes, a deep and quiet uneasiness gnawed at my insides. It was a feeling I had become all too familiar with in recent months. It was a feeling that I was finding increasingly hard to deny or justify and even harder to run or hide from. I was miserable. Not because my life was bad, as you can expect it was far from that, but because I knew I was meant to do something else and be someplace else. I was miserable because, as I looked at the endless stretch of highway below me, with thousands of hot and sweaty, impatient and unhappy drivers, perhaps most of them only being forced, like me, to go wherever it was they were driving to, I saw that this would be my life for the next 30 years. A life of dreary rush hour commutes, unceasing work pressure, stuffy conservative meetings, and working for money in a job that I was not passionate about. A life that was as far away, both in time and space, from the life that I knew down to my core I was meant to be living. This was the exact moment that I heard the call to adventure. I had read about it before, the call to adventure that precedes every hero's journey that many of us will hear in the course of a lifetime. It is the call to venture forth into an unknown, mysterious future where nothing is promised or certain. I had heard the call once or twice before, but I closed my ears to it because otherwise it would mean quitting my profession, and I was never a quitter. 
How could I possibly explain this to my family, especially to my mother? She had worked so hard to put me through almost five years of law school after my father died when I was 21. Now that she had every reason to anticipate some reasonable return on the investment in me, how could I tell her that I was leaving a well-paid, secure job in a prestigious law firm and leaving the profession that she and my father had dreamed I would one day be successful in? I had reached the office tower where my law firm occupied two whole floors. I was still unnerved by the experience in the train of hearing the call. It still whispered so loudly in my ears as I was entering the posh, air-conditioned lobby. I stared at the listless expressions on the faces of the yuppies going in and out of the gleaming, polished sliding doors. As I approached those doors, I saw my own face reflected on their shiny, mirror-like surface. Horrified, I realized that my eyes looked lifeless. Suddenly, I knew that I couldn't deny the call to adventure. Not this time. If I did, I was in danger of losing myself and ending up just like those elegantly dressed corporate zombies walking through the glass doors. Again, the call to adventure resounded in my ears. Only this time, it was no longer whispering. It was blaring. When that happened, I realized that my life, as I knew it, was over. That call to adventure had gripped me by the neck and was not going to let go. But I didn't know what or where I was being called to. I knew I needed to go on my journey, but I was clueless where to start. I was going to leave everything behind. My family, friends, job, and possibly even my home and country. But I didn't know what, if anything, I would gain in return. I needed guidance. I needed answers to the countless questions racing through my mind. I needed encouragement and assurance that I was doing the right thing. But above all, I needed to develop the strength and the faith to do what was required next. I turned to the only dependable solid thing that had saved me in similar situations in the past. I turned to my writing. Listen to part two of this Write Tech podcast episode on decreeing the power of writing with deliberate intent.